Hello everyone, we're going to get started now, so if you want to take a little seat, that would be so great. Um, my name's Madison, I'm one of the students here at The Hub, and um, we are a chaplaincy in Belfast, covering all the colleges and the universities and higher level education, and it's just so great to have you here, and if you want to find out a little bit more at The Hub, there's loads of us started by, and we would love to speak to you. But today I have the pleasure of introducing Ken, who's going to be leading our seminar. Um, on Don't Grow Up. So just before we start, I'm going to pray for him. So if everyone would like to bow their heads, just going to pray for Ken. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for some madness, Lord. I thank you that you've brought us all here together, Lord, and that your presence has just been, we've just been so aware and so overwhelmed by it, Lord. Um, Lord, I just pray for the seminar. I pray for Ken, for what he's going to say, Lord, and that will all come from you, Lord, and that we'll just already get something out of it, and they'll just be with us throughout. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Madison. You guys give it up for Madison. That was awesome. Hey, how are you? Okay, so everybody should have gotten a piece of paper, or maybe you have a journal or something, and you should have something to write with, because we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be very active. Whatever I do on the board today, you're also going to do on the piece of paper, okay? Is my accent funny? Okay, I'm from Minnesota. So I might sound funny. If you don't understand something I say, please just ask me to, Heather, you'll, you'll interrupt me and ask me to repeat it. Okay, very good. And if I don't understand something you say, be really patient with me. Number one, I'm old. Number two, I am from North America. So just be patient with me. I'm not as fast and smart and brilliant as you guys are. So, so we're going to draw today. Um, Oh, first, ask me two questions about myself that, that you want to know. How long have I been in Northern Ireland? So since Wednesday. But I've actually, I've actually been coming over to Northern Ireland for about 17 years. So I've done a lot of work with, in the past with Dromore Youth for Christ, like way in the past. And I did something at Orangefield a while back, and I've done stuff kind of all over the island too for something called Project 32 back in the day. So... Yeah, I love it here. I love it here. And don't judge me, but I count, I count Stu Armstrong and Billy Fife among my, my favorite friends in the world. So if you know those guys, that tells you a little bit something about me. Okay, one more question. When did I become a Christian? Uh, when I was eight years old. My dad gave his life to Jesus, and I saw him do it. And I saw him stand up in front of church and tell everybody he'd given his life to Jesus. And I decided I wanted to be just like my dad. So I gave my life to Jesus then too. So my dad and I are as old in faith together. So I was eight. That was 43 years ago. Isn't that crazy? That's really fun. Okay. Oh, that's a good segue into what we're talking about. So when I was eight, everybody would always ask me, Ken, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I always had these cool answers as an eight-year-old kid. And as I got older, though, the pressure started getting to me, and I started really worrying about what I was going to be when I grew up. And um, I learned something, though, along the way. Can I teach you guys a really bad word? Are you okay if I teach you a bad word? Did, they, did you come to Summer Madness to learn bad words? Okay, I'm going to teach you the worst word in all of the English language. I don't want you to ever repeat it after today, Okay. It's this word. This is being recorded though, isn't it? Uh-oh. All right. Are you guys going to still like me after I say this word? Okay, the word is this one. It's the worst word in the world. Adult. <gasps> I'll say it one more time. 
adult. <gasps> okay, so adult. It, it comes, the, the word adult is made up of two other words. It's made of the words ad and alt. And the word ad means, guess what? To add. Okay, it means like if you have one thing, you add something to it. It's, it's where you get the word addiction. If you were in the last workshop in here, it's where you get the word additive. Like you've got, a, you've got one thing, but you've got to add more to it, right? And the word alt means other. So the word adult means add another. Are you following me? And the idea is that as a kid, you're not complete. But when you get older, if you've added enough other things to your life, you'll be mature, you'll be full, you'll be complete. It's, it's where we get terrible words like the word adultery. It's, it's based off of that word. It's, the word adultery means you've got one true love, but you're like, oh, I think I want to add another. Isn't that gross? It's disgusting. It's where we get the word adulterated. And that means you've got like a pure product, or at least you pretend to. Like, let's say you're a hot dog company. And do we have hot dogs in Ireland, or is it a different word? Yeah, yeah. So you're a hot dog company, and the packaging says, this is an all-beef hot dog. But in reality, you've put horse lips and pig intestines and plastic pieces in there. That's disgusting. That's what's called an, an adulterated product. But our whole society is saying to kids, what are you going to be when you are an adult? What are you going to add to your life? What are you going to keep adding, 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 adding? And the horrible thing is, I don't know any adult who actually feels complete and fulfilled by adding things to their life. In fact, we weren't created that way. The disciples were arguing in Matthew 18. They're like, hey, which one of us is the greatest? And they go to Jesus because they can't win their arguments. So they go to Jesus. They're like, Heather, imagine this, right? Imagine you and I are arguing about which of us is the greatest, you and me. We're like, I'm, I'm greater. And you say, I'm no, Heather, I'm greater. No, I'm greater. Okay, let's go to Jesus. And so we go to Jesus and you and I go, Jesus, which one of the two of us is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Okay, how offensive is that? Because who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus. He's the greatest in the kingdom. But Heather and I are arguing about which one of us is the greatest. And, and Jesus, do you remember this in Matthew 18? He's like, ah. And he's like, looking around. He's like, hey, kid, come here. And he, he puts a little child in the middle of them. And he looks at the disciples. And he's like, unless you become like this child, you're not even getting into the kingdom of heaven. And it's like, oh, holy cow. Why do we want to grow up and become adulterated people when Jesus says, become like a kid? So my whole goal in life is to ban the word adult and to never grow up. And my goal is to grow down into Jesus. That's what we were created for, to grow down into him. So we're going to draw that, okay? All right, so loosen up. Loosen up. Everybody, come on. Get your, get your writing arm all set and your, your fingers all set. And then uh, you're going to open up to Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to read this together and then we're going to draw it together. So here we go. 
Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Hope you guys are ready. Here's what Colossians 2 says. And you can put that right up in the corner of your paper if you want. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. It says, now just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So if you were to just put a line kind of right across the middle of the page and then draw yourself, if you're a good artist, Feel free to go crazy with this. Just have a lot of fun and, and draw, draw a great picture today. If you're not a very good artist like me, just have tons of fun anyways and just go for it, okay? So don't hold back. And if you, if you want to show me your picture at the end today, I would love to see it. And if it's okay with you, I'll even take a picture of it and I might throw it up on my Instagram and stuff like that. So it's my favorite thing to do and um, that's going to be really fun. So go ahead and draw yourself here. And then our verse says... Now, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus as Lord. So I want you to put the name of Jesus right underneath yourself there. The whole goal in life isn't that we become our own independent person. Our whole goal in life is that we grow down into Jesus. That's our goal. There's no other goal. There's no other thing we should be adding to our life because we have Jesus. It's like uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need anything else. Our goal isn't to add other things, our goal is to grow into Jesus. So just as you've accepted Jesus as Lord, continue to live in obedience to him. And then it's, then it's like, how do you do that? Our verse says, let your roots grow down into him. So just start drawing a root system, growing down into Jesus. I told you guys, this is like the simplest thing in the world. It's so easy what we're doing today. It's not complicated. It's like, okay, how do, I, how do I get rooted into Jesus? Well, grow roots into him. Like grow down into him. Don't try to impress him and add things to your life so that he'll accept you. That doesn't work. All you have to do is accept Jesus and then grow into him. So draw your root system. Okay, question for you. If you grow into Jesus, how far could you grow? If you grow into Jesus, how far could you grow? Ooh, is, am I stumping you? Yeah, how far? Infinity. That's a good word. So we have infinite growth. I think for all of eternity, we're going to just keep growing. We're going to keep discovering. We're going to keep finding things out. When you're a child and you're like looking around at stuff, what's your attitude? Like when you're seeing new things for the first time, you're like, oh, there's like this wonder. I think that's going to be all of eternity for us. I think it's going to be like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. I think we're going to wake up in heaven after having the best sleep ever. And we're going to wake up and we're going to be like, oh, 
I can't believe I get to do this today. I can't believe I get to hang out with God today. I can't believe I get to hang out with Heather today. I can't believe I get to do this stuff. It's going to just be wondrous. You're not going to be in heaven and have an adulterated experience. It's not going to be like a lot of people think. We're like, oh, I'm going to get my mansion and my car and I'm going to show off to my neighbors. I'm going to sit in my front yard and people are going to bring me drinks. And that's not heaven. That's an adulterated picture of heaven where you just keep adding things to your life. How boring that would get after a while. Oh, heaven's going to be childlike. It's going to be like, oh my goodness, we are called children of God after all. Why would we want to be adults of God? We want to be children of God. We're going to have infinite growth. And the reason why is because Jesus has infinite resources. He is never going to run out of anything that we need. Anything we need, he has. Like, I don't know. Let's just start putting some of those things down on the roots here. Uh, He's got love, right? Joy. What else does he have? Love, joy. I need you. I need you guys to shout stuff out. What? Peace. Okay. What else? Patience. What else? Kindness. Nice. He's got that. Kindness. Love, joy, peace. Oh, this sounds like something. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness. Nice. What else? Say that again. Grace. Nice. Keep going. What else? Forgiveness. Oh, good. Hope. Jesus has all these things. What else? Give me some more. Faithfulness. He's very faithful. If you were to describe how great Jesus is to me, what would you say? Like, tell me some of his titles or some of his qualities. Friend. Oh, nice. I like that. He's your never-ending friend. He will never give up on you. How else would you describe Jesus? He's good? Is that what I heard? Faithful? And he's good? What else? Probably maybe the song will even help you. Maybe they're going to sing about Jesus right now. Hmm? He's safe. He is very safe for us. So good. He's, he's the savior, right? He saves us. He's, he redeems us. He's the lion of Judah. He's safe, but he's the lion who can devour everything that's evil. How long do you think we could keep describing how amazing Jesus is? Here's, I'll tell you, I've been married almost 30 years. I could tell you for a really long time how awesome my wife is. I could probably tell you 30 years worth of awesomeness about Kathy. 
I hope she could do that about me. I don't know. But I could do that about Kathy. I could just tell you all day how amazing she is, how full of integrity she is, how beautiful she is, how kind and, and warm and caring she is. She stops on the side of the road if she sees a turtle. And she's like, I'm going to save that turtle. And it doesn't matter how much traffic's going by or what's happening or how late we are to something. She's like, no, we're stopping to save the turtle. And she gets out, right, Zach? This is my son, Zach. She gets out of the car and we're all like, ah. She gets out of the car and she picks up the little turtle and she walks it over and then she takes little pictures of it and then she puts it on Instagram and she's like, look at this cute turtle. That's how awesome my wife is. I could tell you for years how amazing she is. Could we do that with Jesus? I think for all of eternity, we're going to be describing Jesus. We're going to wake up and we're going to be like, Jesus, you're incredible. We're never going to get bored of Jesus. We will never exhaust his resources. We will never get to a point where like, Jesus, I've got you totally figured out and I'm bored. It'll never be like that. Every day we're going to wake up and go, oh my goodness, you are all that I could ever need. You're more than I need. It's going to be amazing. Any of you ever lack patience? Okay, yeah, I, I think every hand probably should be up. So, in fact, I, you know, I, I gotta be honest with you, I prayed this morning, because I was lacking some patience this morning. I prayed this morning, what's your name? Evie? Yeah. Evie, so Evie, can I pick on you? Okay, thank you for the permission to pick on you. So this morning, I was praying. I, it's just ironic that, that you're the one that I picked on right now because I was praying and I'm like, Lord, I don't have any patience today. I need some patience from you. And Jesus is like, sorry, Ken, I've got none left. Evie took it all from me. Is that what Jesus would say? Would Jesus ever say, Evie, sorry, Evie, I've got no patience for you today because Ken took all of it from me? No, because Jesus has an unlimited well of patience. So if you need patience, you can pray for it, and he's going to say, I've got it all. Come, come on. Come to me. If, if you guys need some, some uh, forgiveness, you can go to Jesus, and it'll be, what's your name? Yeah. What? Daniel. Daniel. Hey, you guys, if you need forgiveness from God, you can actually pray for forgiveness from God, and he won't say this. He, he'll, he won't say, sorry, I can't forgive you because Daniel took all of my forgiveness. It's all done. It's all gone. I've got no more. He won't do that. No, in fact, you guys can ask for forgiveness from Jesus because he will never run out of it. He will never run out of it. He has all you need, right? So even Daniel can't take all of God's forgiveness away. Even I can't. I can't exhaust Jesus' forgiveness are you following me? We just can keep growing into Jesus. That's pretty cool. And we can keep thinking of his titles. Like he's omniscient. He's, he's omnipotent. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Messiah. Okay. So our verse says, let your roots grow down into Jesus. And then, then it says, and your translations might say different things here. Uh, some translations say, uh, and, and then be built up in his strength, in the strength of his truth. So be built up. So I, I like to think of it, one translation says, draw up his resources so you can be built strong and vigorous in the truth. So basically when a seed is planted, it begins to grow down. 
That's just kind of the way the world works. It grows down, and then at a certain point, God says to that seed that's growing down, it's starting to pull nutrients in from the soil, and it, it's, it's getting ready, and then God says to the seed, okay, now I want you to sprout. Now I want you to begin to stand. You guys, our real life, our real life is here in Jesus. This is where we were created to live and move and have our being, right? Is in Jesus. But at a certain point, Jesus says, I want you to stand in this world and I want you to make a difference and I want you to be standing in the truth. And so that's what we do. We stand. We get older. You might be tempted to say grow up, but let me, let me, uh, let me ask you to change that phrase because you're not going to grow up to be adulterated people. You don't get bigger and better by adding more things to your life, right? Some people cheat, add steroids to their life. They get bigger and better for just a little while, and then they get cancer and die. That's what happens, and then body parts don't work right and all that kind of stuff. If you cheat the system and and add things to your life, and you're like, oh, this will make me a better human being. No, it won't. There's nothing that'll make make you more human than Jesus. Jesus created you in his image, so to add anything else to your life is not good. But he is wholly good. And so we're built up in him. We draw up his resources so that we can stand. Isn't that cool? Okay, but there's a bad thing. Because in our world, let's see, what color? Let's try this color. In our world, there are winds blowing. Can you guys make like wind noise for me? Okay, thank you. You're so talented. Way to go. So in our world are winds. In fact, in this passage in Colossians, Paul, he describes in chapter one, he describes how amazing Jesus is. He's the visible image of the invisible God. He's the head of everything. He holds everything together. He's the creator of all. He's in charge of everything. But then it says, hey, but there's some other ideas flowing around, blowing around in our culture. Don't get tossed about by those winds of ideas that are blowing around. You guys, all around our culture is all kinds of people saying, yeah, but add this to you. Yeah, but, but you should add this to your thoughts. Yeah, but you should add this to your life. Yeah, but you should add this. And they're so tempting and they sound so promising and they sound so good. And Paul's like, don't give in to those. Stand in the truth of Jesus. Accept Jesus as your Lord. Continue to live into him by rooting yourself deeply into him and standing in his truth. But it's so hard because the winds of our culture blow quite a bit. And we struggle with a lot of things. So we struggle with, um, oh, I don't know. There's uh, depression, blows against our life, death, maybe death of a loved one or something difficult, Uh, divorce, a bunch of D D words there. Maybe divorce hits our family and we're like, oh man, everything's falling apart and these winds blow against us. Turn to somebody next to you and, and mention some winds that are blowing. And maybe they're like hurricane force winds, like these huge winds that come off the North Sea and just, and you can't stop it. And it feels like all of life is gonna fall apart. Maybe some really big things that are going on that you or some friends or some family people are, are experiencing. Or think about winds like this. Maybe more like slow eroding winds, just winds that blow every day. And over time, they start to bend you 
and shape you and you feel all twisted up. Maybe it's like, um, there was a day my daughter, I remember she came down, she was just so pure and innocent and awesome as a kid. And then one day she came downstairs and she goes, I'm ugly. And you guys, she is far from, she is like to me the most beautiful person. But somehow something told her that she didn't look right. And she'd been looking in the mirror day after day and slowly, slowly, slowly the winds of culture got to her. What types of winds do you guys experience or do your friends experience? Just turn to each other. You've got a couple minutes to share. Okay, I didn't give you enough time, but you guys shout out, just like in one word, shout out a wind that somebody you know or that you are going through. What's a wind that you would face? Social media. media? What else? Anxiety. Yeah, that's a big one today for sure. Loneliness, thank you. Absolutely. What's that? Say that again. Cancer. Cancer, yeah. So illness and cancer and and sicknesses. Self-image. Can we do that? Kind of a self-esteem. You guys, there's stuff that in this world is really difficult and the winds are going to blow and I don't want to tell you anything different. The winds are going to blow against you. They're going to be tough. In fact, every single tree that you look at, if you look at every single tree in the world, what you're going to find is that they have scars or knots is what we call them sometimes. Those are wounds And the winds of this world, the storms of this world will blow against our lives and will create wounds. We'll we'll become people with knots and scars. And the world might tell you, you should add something to your life to cover that up. You should add something to your life to deal with that. But there's this remarkable passage. Isaiah 53. Does anybody know? What does it say about Jesus in Isaiah 53? By his wounds, we are healed. And something amazing about Jesus, he goes to the cross and he takes on a tree, right? On this, these wood beams slapped together. He takes the brunt of all of the sins and the wounds and the, the terrible things of our world, that have, the storms that have been blowing in this world. He takes it on his shoulders and he has nail scars in his hands and on his feet. And he goes to the grave and then he comes out of the grave. And so if I had been Jesus, I would have come out, of the grave, come out of the grave and I would have come out perfect. Like with no scars. I would, have, I would have come out of the grave looking like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And I would have been like with the, ta- the pec tac two and everything, right? I would have come out just beautiful muscles, beautiful skin, just like the best human being. And I would have come out and I've been like, world, 
you're welcome. That's what I would have done. I would have done it that way. But Jesus came out of the grave and he comes out of the tomb and, and what did he look like? He had scars. If you have scars and wounds today, Jesus gets it. And for all of eternity, we are going to be seeing our Savior who is scarred. Now, this hit me one day because I had a friend. I'm going to tell this story tomorrow night when I do the the main stage talk. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of it right now. I had a friend who walked in at a church that I worked at in Calgary. He walked in and he lost all the color in his face. And I'm like, dude, what's wrong? And and he basically said that he was at the end of his life and, and that he wasn't going to wake up the next day. And I'm like, what's going on? And he began to tell me his story. We, we went across the street to get a, a, a coffee. And he, we sat on a bench outside of the coffee shop. And he started telling me his story. It was the worst story I'd ever heard. I'd never heard a human story that had so many scars, so many wounds, so much nastiness. And I started to agree with him, you guys. I was a pastor, and I started to agree with him. I'm like, I, Lord, I'm, I'm at the end of my depth. Like, I can't help him. I've got nothing to give him. I, I can't say anything that's going to help him through this. I began to agree with him that, yeah, maybe it would be better if you didn't wake up tomorrow. This is horrible. You, how, what a terrible pastor I was, right? And I'm like, Lord, what, what do I do? What do I say to him? I've got nothing. And it was one of the few times in my life where I feel like the Lord just kind of kicked me in the soul. And he's like, Ken, ask him about this tree. So we're sitting on these chairs, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about this tomorrow, but we're sitting on this, this bench outside of the coffee shop, and there's this tree right where Evie's sitting, about that far. Evie? Evie. Evie. So right where Evie's sitting, and there's this tree growing out of the sidewalk. So there's concrete all around it. And there's an iron grate that's like uh, suffocating the, the life of the tree, you know? It's like, it's like, you know, in sidewalks, they plant a tree, and then they put an iron grate around it. And so now the tree's trying to grow, but the iron grate is like keeping it from getting bigger, the trunk from getting stronger. And then if you went up the side of the trunk, people had ridden their bikes and they'd chained their bikes to the tree and they just left scars all up and down the bark. And then somebody had fallen in love at some point and they'd, they'd, you know, what better way to say I love somebody than to take a knife and to etch a heart into a living thing and to put their initials with a little Cupid arrow in it. And then, and, and then, somebody had broken up or somebody was jealous or something because then one of the initials was scratched out. And then there were new branches trying to grow on the tree, but somebody would come along and you know, new branches don't just break. They like bend and then if you try to rip a new branch off of a tree, what happens, right? It's like, and they'd stripped it down about two feet of this tree and the tree was bleeding sap. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not going to ask my friend about this tree. This tree should be chopped down. This tree is hideous. Look at all the mess of it. And the Lord's like, well, Ken, what do you have? (laughs) What do you have to give him? I'm like, I've got nothing. And he's like, give me a try. I'm pretty good at this. (laughs) It was one of the weirdest things in my head going on as I'm praying about how to help my friend. And so I turned to my friend. Worst pastoral moment of my life in some ways. I I said to my friend, this is really stupid, but I feel like the Lord wants me 
to have you describe the tree. I actually said, this is really stupid. So this is about 20 years ago now. And uh, about the, is 18 years ago now. And um, he's like, okay. And he starts to describe the tree the same way t- to me as I just described it to you. He's like, well, it's got, you know, the concrete is all around it and the, the roots are growing, but the concrete is like pressing down on the roots. You know how concrete gets all cracked and stuff? So it, the concrete's like pressing down the roots, Ken, and then the, the trunk of the tree is trying to get bigger and trying to grow, but the iron grate is like suffocating it. And, and then people have come and they've chained themselves around it, you know, their, their precious valuables all around it. And then, then there was like somebody that came and put their initials in it. And he was getting more and more worked up as he described this tree. And he's like, and then the tree was trying to do something new and somebody came along and just stripped it off and destroyed it. And now it's just bleeding out. And then he goes, this huge breath. It was the first breath I remember him taking that day. And I'm like, what? He's like, I need to know, Ken, now, how is that tree still alive? Because that's me. And he's like, I'm trying to be rooted and grow, but it's like things are just crushing me. And then I'm trying to stand up tall in this world, but I feel suffocated. I feel like people have chained me up and just left me scarred and don't care. And I feel like people have come along and they put their initials in my life. And I, as much as I scrub, I can't get their initials off of me. And I'm just scarred. There's scars with me the rest of my life. And every time I try to do something new, somebody just comes along and strips it right off. I'm bleeding out. Ken, how is that tree still alive? And what did we discover? How was that tree still alive? Because as we looked in the top of the tree, there were leaves, there were birds, there were little fruit things in there, there were, there were nests, there were squirrels. You guys, how is that tree still alive? Even though the winds of culture had scarred that tree trunk so badly, how is that tree still alive? It was rooted. It was growing in a situation that was really tough. And as much as that tree had been scarred, that tree was alive and that tree was overflowing. And we realized that day, and this verse came to mind, Colossians 2, 6, and 7. Psalm 1 says that those who walk in the ways of the wicked are going to get blown about and tossed about. But those who delight in the ways of the Lord are like a mighty tree planted by a stream, strong and flourishing in every season. And the more you look, guys, all of the Bible has these images that the people of God are like people who are rooted and they can stand through it all. So check this out. Look what happens. And what's so cool is my friend right there on that bench in that coffee shop gave his life to Jesus that day. He accepted Jesus as his savior And I got to tell you, I continued to believe in Jesus. That day was life awakening for me again. It's like, oh, Jesus, you're so good. So let your roots grow down into him, drop nourishment from him, be built strong and vigorous in the truth that you've been taught because you have a wounded savior. And then let your lives overflow with thanksgiving. Um, You know what? If you want, go ahead and make an explosive sound here. Because I don't know if you see it, this is a tree, but it also looks like a nuclear explosion. Because it's powerful. When God is at work in our lives, when we root down into him, something happens. 
and you can't contain it. Now, if you're an adult person, you might be like, I need to add more patience to my life. So you just kind of try to add it. You're like, oh, I got to be more patient. And it's like you're trying to poop patience out, but you're constipated. You can't, you can't make it happen. Good image, right? You're going to hurt yourself. Please don't ever get hemorrhoids. That's an adult problem. Avoid it. You guys, root yourself into the Holy Spirit. Root yourself into Jesus. And then amazing things happen. Because what's, what's in the top of a tree? What? Okay, I'll start with leaves. Sounds good. I don't know if I have green here. So let's make it, uh, what color is this? More black. All right, it'll be, ooh, no, that's like Halloween style if it's all black. Let's see. Okay, pretend this is, uh, I don't know. It's got yellow leaves. So leaves in a tree. What do leaves do? Say real loud for me. They fall. They do fall. So the Bible talks a lot about seasons of life. And, and trees are often used to describe the seasons of life that we have. So there's a whole thing there that we could explore. But let's say it's a really hot day or a really rainy day. What do leaves do for you? I can't hear you, but I think you said shade. Or, or they, they give you shelter. So... They give you shade. They give you shelter. A biblical word for this is refuge. And all throughout the Bible, people that follow God are called people of refuge. If there is somebody else that needs some help, if there's somebody else that needs some support, if there's somebody who is experiencing the winds of this world, they can come to you and you are a person that can provide refuge for them. And it's not your strength, it's not your gifting, it's God's. Because you're rooted in him, you're standing strong in him, and overflowing. There's also a cool photosynthesis thing happens here, but we can talk about that some other time. It's so awesome. What else might be in a tree? Especially if it's like, I don't know, a fruit tree? Oh yeah, fruit, good job. So there's fruit. And isn't this wild? What? What's the fruit of the Spirit in the Bible? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Where did we see those again? Love, joy, peace. Where is it? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. It's the fruit of the Spirit is not your fruit. You didn't make it. Whose fruit is it? It's the fruit of Jesus. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is the fruit of Jesus. The only way you're really going to have it is if you root yourself into Jesus. They are his characteristics. So quit trying to make it yourself. It's going to be fake. It's going to be false. It's not going to last. But if you dig yourself deeply into who Jesus is, you will overflow with all of his eternal, everlasting fruitfulness. And amazing things are going to happen. Now, this is really cool, too. Trees, they drop seeds. And it might be the fruit or it might be on the leaves or something. And those seeds fall to the ground and they get planted. And which way do they grow first? They grow down. This is also part of the life of it. And throughout the Bible, it talks about 
the next generation then sprouting up so that seed plants, it grows down. At a certain point, it begins to sprout up. And the next generation grows under the refuge and the equipping of the generation before it. Eventually, the older generation needs to give way for the new generation to grow strong. And every generation needs to do that. This is the picture in the Bible. It's so important for you guys to have older people that are providing that kind of example and that kind of equipping for you. But it's also important for you to begin looking at the next generation already and going, I need to equip them in the faith of Jesus. And, and your goal is that the next generation flourishes even better than you. Isn't that cool? So you guys, this is the picture of what it looks like to follow Jesus. This is what the Bible speaks of so often when it gives us this idea of how we're supposed to grow and who he is. So I hope this will stick with you. Do not give in to the temptations of the world. Don't conform to the patterns of the world, but have a renewed mind. Part of, part of it involves what you're gonna decide to do with your life as you get older. Will you be people who grow down into Jesus and live for him and stand strong in him through every season and then overflow with thankfulness in all of his goodness? Or will you be people just like so many who just try to add things to their life so they can be happy? Only to discover that God created the midlife crisis for those people so that they'll be like, oh yeah, maybe all this stuff I've added to my life has actually made me unhappy. So, I wanna pray for you. And then, hey, I've got this. Uh, this book is available in, on Amazon, all kinds of stuff like that. It's super cheap, and uh, I don't make any money off of it, so if, uh, don't worry, I'm not like trying to get rich off of this, so I really, literally don't make any money off of this. So, but I'd love for you, if you want, go to Amazon and, and pick this up, so grow down. Um, I've got a few copies here today, and uh, if Madison is here, I'd love to give her a copy for praying for me. Uh, is that okay, Madison? Yeah, okay, so I'll give you a copy. And, um, you guys, I would love to chat with you, and I'll be, I'll be around and doing main stage stuff tomorrow night and on Tuesday morning to kind of send us off, and I would love to get to know you and, and be a part of your story, okay? Can I pray for you? Lord, thank you so much for this amazing group. Thank you for the drawings that we've made. Lord, you help us be people who are rooted in you, that, that we grow the right direction, that we don't grow a life that's all about us, and what we can get. But it's a life that's all about you. And Lord, that we're just willing to be led by your spirit. And as hard things happen in our life, as we get wounded, Lord, I pray that you'd help us um, be people who can stand tall in the middle of that and, and give a foothold and a handhold and be life-giving people for others who have the same wounds. Because Lord, as we look at your scars, that you took for us, you give us life. Help us be life givers for people. Just like leaves give oxygen, help us be people that give breath to people that need it. Thank you, Lord, for this amazing group here today. Thank you that we got to spend this time together. 
Help us to overflow with your life. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.